You're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast with your hosts, Z Cohen Sanchez and Chris Abramson. If you're running for office or thinking about it, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. I saw Jeremy saying, yep, but I don't know if that means that we're live. Yep. Or no, he was talking about, uh, uh, one of the, one of our clients. Um, oh, I think we're live. Great. Awesome. Let me get Jeremy to just check that we are actually live. If this did work and we are live, uh, hello everybody tuning in. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about, um, is your campaign actually grassroots or does it just use as an excuse uh which is a hilarious title but uh also a very common thing that we uh, that me and z your faithful podcasters and uh you know me your favorite call time manager uh have have seen a lot of um so yeah today we're gonna be diving into that for you and uh as always given a lot of like really good tidbits and uh, moments of education that you can kind of use for your campaigns and that are there for you Totally. And let's just wait a couple seconds to get on. In the meantime, I'm going to be sharing what we're doing. So remember last time we were like, what do we talk about in this, in this like initial time? Um, and I think that we should, let's, let's like remind everybody, um, you know, like, let's just remind everybody again what we do, because I think that a lot of people tune in to us for the first time. Um, and so they should get a good indication of what exactly we're doing here. So you want to do that, Chris, while I share this out? Sure. So yeah, Soul Strategies is primarily a fundraising organization, but we do consultation, we do organizational development, we do scheduled um, structured trainings. Uh, we're there to help you not only adapt and change in these times right now during uh, COVID-19, where, um, you know, the way politics has is done has changed dramatically, uh, but also in the future so that you can build um, the kind of long-term following in your community, funding and support, changing public opinion for the, um, you know, the platforms that you run on and uh, basically build that kind of following so that, uh, when you run your candidacy, when you run your nonprofit, when you run an initiative petition, whatever kind of political vehicle you're using to get where you want to go to make the changes that you want to see happen in the world, uh, we're here to make that as easy as we can and as expedited as we can uh, because we've been running campaigns for many years. We have a really fantastic and dedicated team that you can plug into and are working on a, a huge scale um, just to bring as much opportunity and resources as we can to progressive candidates that really want to move forward on things, uh, you know, like healthcare for all, a new green deal, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, all sorts of really important, you know, climate change, all sorts of really important cornerstone issues of our time right now. Uh, we believe that the political machine is really important. Um, if, you know, despite uh, what is currently happening and, and no matter what happens in the upcoming elections. Uh, we think it's really important for people to get involved right now and uh, to really start building that community support to really, uh, you know, build the kind of future we want to live in, so. Totally, no, that, that's a great description. Remind me again, what is the name of this episode? Oh, yes, uh, so the what? name of this episode is, uh, is your campaign really grassroots or is it just using that as an excuse? Or is that just an excuse? 
Or is that just an excuse? Yeah. Cool. So this is a great topic, I think. I'm really excited to talk about this because when we get on the phone with folks, and this has been happening, by the way, for a long, long time. This is not just like a 2020 phenomenon. Um, one of the first indicators of folks not having money is that they use that this campaign is grassroots. And there are a couple of things that are inherently wrong with that. Um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, let's, let's just start with what does grassroots actually mean? Like, what is the actual definition of grassroots? You know, I don't have the Webster dictionary in front of me, but uh, having worked in entirely grassroots campaigns for 10 years, I can kind of tell you uh, just right off the cuff. Grassroots is inherently connected to the community. It's anything that's grassroots is uh, directly related and you know on behalf of what the public wants. So it's not paid for by corporations. It's not a government entity. Uh, it's the grassroots. It's, it's real people. It's not astroturfing just because you're going door to door um, or you know doing public facing campaigns or, or what looks like grassroots campaigns unless you're funding your message and your drive is coming from the public, uh, then what you're doing is astroturfing or corporate campaigning. Grassroots is, uh, you know, being the voice and for and by the people. Totally. So, and that's exactly what, I, I mean, what the Webster Dictionary basically, a grassroots movement is one that uses people in a given district, region, or community um, as, as the basic as the basics for a political or economic movement. So grassroots movements and organizations use collective action from local level to affect change at the local, regional, and national and international level. So for, for some reason, and I don't know when this happened, but the meaning of grassroots shifted for progressive folks. And it turned into using the word grassroots to indicate that a campaign is running on no money. And I just want to dispel that myth, which is why we are doing this episode, because some of the things that we've talked about are that, you know, grassroots campaigns really need more money than a regular campaign would. So if you're running a centrist campaign or you're running a Republican campaign, most likely you're going to be funding your campaign. You're going to be funding it from big corporations and you're going to be using that money for ads and other other means like that. Right. You're not going to necessarily be investing huge amounts of money into like a field program where you actually get out and talk to people um, or other things like that, you know, or into social media where it's, you know, also while it's a public facing campaign is basically what I'm saying. So you know, in a way, you're actually going to have to raise a lot more money because those public facing activities cost a lot more than say just running basic ads or, you know, going the, the corporate donor route. So let's talk a little bit about that and like how that looks. Like why do grassroots campaigns need to raise more money and, and why is that so important? Oh, see, I have such a good answer for that. And it's something we actually um, share in common. So we were both working on a campaign uh, at some point in the past. And uh, I remember coming in like pretty early on um, when things uh, were pretty pretty brand new and going cool. Like, uh, you know, it was gonna be my job to help with the door knocking campaign and uh, go out and do some like canvassing. And I was like, cool, where are your, you know, uh, turf maps and either like a physical or digital copy of the doors that you've already knocked on and doors you're gonna knock on and that kind of thing. And they yeah. were like, oh, no, no, we don't have any of that. We're grassroots. 
and I said, and I said, oh, well, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, how do you, like, where do you know where you've been already or where you're going to go as far as these people knocking on doors? And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we just kind of go to new places all the time. It's, it's just pretty grassroots. And I was like, no, no, what you're, the word you're looking for is disorganized and uh, not trying. That's kind of the disorganized. That's, that's what that is. Uh, because I can show you right now how to, how to actually do this grassroots style. So I went to Google Maps. I printed out uh, the streets from Google Maps on a printer. Uh, I remember like, this. <laughs> for like a nickel. Um, I taped the maps together and I started building turfs with highlighters, uh, folding those maps and then putting them in file folders in a filing cabinet per every zip code. So I hand, it took me about an hour, I hand built turf maps for every zip code. And I said, okay, boom. Now we can actually talk about what neighborhoods have we knocked on? Where are we going and where are we going next? In an hour, it took a very short amount of time to really build a plan there. And that's, that's actually grassroots. It took me like a nickel and like an hour to actually just like come up with the plan to make it so that it was really efficient. Um, and I think like, that's to me the difference between a lot of like grassroots campaigns and uh, that are using that as an excuse in campaigns that are doing it correctly. Um, it can be more expensive to run a real grassroots campaign because you have to take the time to acutely organize everything um, step by step so that you're not just wasting an absurd amount of time because um, that can happen really, really quickly. If you're, if you're not highly organized, um, you know, knocking on every door in your, in your district or, you know, signing a petition from everybody in the district that you're trying to or state that you're trying to um, can just be a massive cluster and an extravagant financial expense. Um, it has mm -hmm. to be organized properly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, you end up that I, I remember the campaign you're talking about, but I mean, there have been several campaigns where I've seen this issue of, you know, not using organizational skills because and using grassroots as an excuse for that. Well, we're, we're true grassroots, so we can't do that. And the reality is that absolutely you can do that. Um, there are plenty of campaigns that have been wildly successful with not, not a huge amount of money, but they have focused very hard on the money that they can make and they focus their efforts on the field programs and on the forward-facing um, voter engagement, which is how grassroots campaigns win, right? Um, and so a lot of that, I mean, you know, using an excuse of, well, this is grassroots and so people won't donate is just, is just a lie, to be honest. I mean, I'm just gonna be very forward about that. It's a lie. We live in an abundant universe and there are plenty of people that have money that are willing to donate to grassroots campaigns. I mean, grassroots campaigns, for as, as we've talked about many times, Bernie Sanders outraised all of the democratic field this year. That is proof that people are willing to donate to campaigns. The question is, are you willing to go and get that money? That's the question. And your answer might be no, <laughs> um, and that's fine. But if the answer is no, using the word grassroots to justify that isn't fair to all the grassroots campaigns that that actually do put in the work and that where that actually happens. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you know we definitely we we need to as progressives as as out progressives that really believe in this movement and believe in what we're doing we need to be really conscious about the language that we're using and not project our really our money insecurities onto 
everybody else, right? So if your campaign isn't making money, that does not mean that it's grassroots. That just means that you are struggling to make money. And there, there could be a million different reasons why that's happening. And if you worked with us, we could tell you exactly what those reasons are. But to just blame it on the grassroots is to say that the grassroots is not willing to fund these campaigns, that it's not willing to um to rise to the challenge and that is false information is what i think i would agree 100 percent. yeah you can look at uh the nonprofit world for instance uh you know a good uh, name to throw out there would be uh an organization i used to work for for quite a while greenpeace they do everything that they do um 100 with grassroots power they don't take any corporate or government funding whatsoever and they're enormous they're in you know most modern countries um, they have a fan, they change international governmental policy all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. And that happens because people donate at a grassroots level, um, period. So, um, you know, the, the ability to, to go out there and, uh, and cast that net and really, you know, and draw back really valuable supporters is, is totally out there. Again, yeah, I can't agree enough that you just got to go get it. Yeah. And know, and know what you're doing. Exactly. You've got to know what you're doing. And you know, I don't say this to be harsh. I don't say this to make you feel bad if you're one of these people. That's not the reason I'm doing it. The reason that we're saying this is because the only way for you to get better and the only way for you to build the campaign that you want to build, which is ultimately to get you elected, is to admit where you are going wrong. And if you're the type of person that has run two, three, four campaigns and has used every single time, well, it's grassroots, it's grassroots, that's why I can't make money. Well, then you're not going to ever win an election, right? And like, until we change that mindset of it's not grassroots, it's not this thing or that thing or the other thing that is interfering in this process, it's the fact that I just don't have the knowledge yet, or I don't have the skills yet, or I need to continue to work on this in order to make it happen. That is the attitude that we want you to see. And that's the lens that we want you to see this from. Because the reality is that if it was impossible, we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be employed. <laughs> um, and, and candidates and every progressive candidate would just automatically lose every single race. And that doesn't happen. In fact, this year, we've seen so many amazing progressives get elected. Cori Bush, Jamal Bowman. I mean, just a ton of different progressives and on every level, not just federal congressional level, but smaller races too, house races, city council races. So, you know, it, it's really important to for us as a movement to wake up to this and to say, you know what, as again, we live in an abundant universe, the money is there, people are willing to donate it, am I willing to go and get it? And if you answer that question of, am I willing to go get it? And if the answer is yes, but you don't know how to get there, that's what we're here to help you do. We're here to help you get from point A to point B. It's really what it is, tying it up, a little bow. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I think that, you know, just talking a little bit more about the grassroots, right? I mean, the grassroots, we have a really rich history of, you know, where grassroots movements came from. It came from activism. It came from people coming together to make great change in this country and around the world. And so we should hide, like, like we should be extremely excited about that. Saying grassroots should never come with any type of negative connotations to it. It should come with, 
in, in, in inspiration. It should come with, when you think of grassroots, when I think of grassroots and what I want you to start thinking of as grassroots, if you're watching this and have an issue with this, is I want you to start seeing it as grassroots equals movement. And in order to build the movement, I have to have the folks behind me to do that. And so we talk about this a lot at Soul Strategies. We do not believe in you taking advantage or anybody taking advantage of volunteers, right? Volunteers are wonderful. They're great. They're really important to the movement, but you need to have people to run those volunteers and those people need to be paid staff, really. I mean, there are other ways, I guess, that you could do it and it might be somewhat successful, but if you want to have a guaranteed successful campaign, you need to have people that are running those volunteers. It is a full-time job plus some. Yeah. It, especially when you're working with with huge volunteer programs and I'm talking about you know I've personally run volunteer programs that were thousands and thousands of volunteers and that is a huge process it is not something that a candidate can do on their own it is not something really that even one person can do completely on their own you need to have at least one paid person if not multiple paid people to be able to invest the time that's needed to make sure that that's an effective operation, just like how you were talking about. There's no point in you going out there and knocking on random doors. That is not going to get you the results that you need at the end of the day. You need to have a structure, you need to have data, you need to have all of those things so that the data tells us information that we need so that as we get closer to the election, we're not wasting time in places where we're not going to be able to get votes, right? Like if, say that we're looking at a district, say, I'll just pick a random place, but say like, you know, somewhere in Florida, right? Um, you know, one part of the district is really progressive, other part incredibly, you know, Trump right, um, and we need to get, you know, say 10,000 votes to win the election, right? We aren't going to spend a ton of time in the, in the Trump area because we know that the chances of us being able to flip those folks, I mean, yes, there is a small chance. And listen, if we start early enough, maybe we will be able to flip some of those people. But do we really want to invest, you know, 80 to 200 hours a volunteer's time knocking doors in the Trump section of the district two weeks before the election? Probably not. I, I would not say that that was that, that strong strategy, right? Um, but, you know, we wouldn't even have that information if we weren't collecting data. So you just going out and knocking on random doors, I mean, yes, it's good to get your name out there. Yes, it's good to get your face out there. But what we're really trying to do is we're trying to have a strategy with your votes. Where are your votes coming from? How many do you need to win? And where is it most likely that we're going to be able to secure those votes as early as possible? Totally. And I think, yeah, when you say as early as possible, that's the part that really sticks out to me. Like expediency is so critical and vital, like you're, if you go out and knock on random doors, like eventually, yeah, you're gonna get enough people behind you to, I don't know, maybe change the world. Like if you spent your entire life um, from birth, just out there knocking on doors, like by the time you're 80, who knows, you might actually have like this massive organization built, but you have like a couple months. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly, yeah, like, and I try, yeah. I try to tell people because also like you know people tend to see time. You know what what's that saying of uh, the the days are long but the years are short, right? So when we think of 
years as humans, we think, oh my God, like we have all of this time. What are we even going to do to fill this time? And the, the reality is, is that every second in your campaign counts from the jump. From the second that you say, I'm running for this position, to the second that it is election day and the polls close, every single second in that time counts. And by you not realizing that, it's going to bring you a step back. And so we want to put that forward to you and say that, yes, this month counts. Yes, October counts for your 2022 election. November is going to absolutely count for your 2022 election, and it's going to get the pressure will continue to build as time gets closer. And so what we wanna do is we want to help you get that money that you need initially so that you're not using grassroots as an excuse, but you're using grassroots as a way to empower people to get more people to donate. Um, I wanna use a prime example of this. Um, and I, I love to sometimes just like shout out candidates, even that folks that we don't work with, but Jamie Harrison, who is running in South Carolina right now against uh, Lindsey Graham, right? Yeah, Lindsey Graham. Um, he has raised, I got to double check this, um, cash on hand, but I saw this week that he has raised $57 million. I think it might actually be more now. I was just trying to look it up to see if it's more. $57 million, okay? He is running a grassroots campaign. He is absolutely running a grassroots campaign. He is hiring people. He is not hiring like the top honchos from the DNC. He's not, he is running a true grassroots campaign. He's got so many volunteers. I mean, so many small dollar donations. It is proof in the pudding that, and that you can do this too, that if you have a strong race, if you start early, if you put the effort in, you will see the results of it. If you don't put the effort in, you won't see the results. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know Jamie Harrison personally, and I don't know his staff, but I would assume that Jamie Harrison did not start this campaign by knocking on random doors in the district. <laughs> um, I, I'm assuming that Jamie started this campaign by probably doing a lot of call time and by hiring the people that he needed very early on to make sure that this was going to be a legitimate operation. And he has done an absolute fabulous job and I hope that he wins. Um, but this is just, again, this is just proof that it doesn't really matter if Jamie Harrison wins the election or not. Obviously it would be wonderful if he won the election, but the fact that he has been able to raise the money that he has raised and run the type of campaign that he has run, I think is truly a win for progressives in itself, because it shows us that these this is possible. This isn't just something that we are dreaming about, but this is actually a reality that's happening right now. Yep. 100%. 100%. So I think that, you know, that's, that's really, I mean, do you have any other tips, Chris, on what about grassroots or, you know, what, what it means, how people should feel about it? Yeah, you know, I wrote this one um, that uh, we kind of have this like obligation to, like, if you if you care about stuff, um, you know, like the environment, or you know, police brutality, or healthcare, or any of these things, like if you care about stuff, um, we kind of have this obligation to to run real, clean grassroots campaigns because the corporate campaigning model is pretty dirty. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty the reason people look at politics with a kind of a disgust. Um, mm -hmm. It really is because 
grassroots campaigning isn't it doesn't it doesn't turn people away disgusted even if you lose even if you you know the people don't get what they wanted um at the end of the day they get they got to participate in something and be a part of something that matters and fight mm -hmm. um and you know you can lose a battle but uh still still you know be committed to winning the war but when people look at corporate campaigning i mean i think it really turns them off because this concept that you know billionaires can just kind of come in and you know when you look at uh you know, say the Trump campaign, or uh, I think Romney's campaign was a really good example. Uh, you just have a maybe a small table of people, and that's where all the money came from. Totally, yeah. And that's, uh, that's ominous, you know. That doesn't. Uh, I don't think people want to. Uh, your average person doesn't want there to be, you know, kind of shady backroom five old white men around a table smoking cigars, making our political future happen. Like it should be. A democracy and it should be um you know what the people want so i just really encourage folks that uh if you're hearing this stuff and you and you care about things like go run a clean grassroots campaign get in touch with people who know what they're doing who've worked in organizations that have done this stuff before do it right don't use it don't sully the name of um grassroots by just calling by using it as an excuse you know do it do it right uh because we kind of need to um it's kind of our obligation you know to do something no, you're right. I mean, it is. It is our obligation. And yeah, I mean, to just, you know, think about, um, you know, if you're in this stage right now where you are truly thinking about 2021 and 22, I've had some people that have said, you know, I, I'm thinking about running, but, you know, I think I'm going to wait till 2024. I don't really, I, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Well, my answer to you is, you know, in 2024, how is this country going to look? Is it going to look better than it does now in your eyes? Because if that's the case, then, I mean, sure, I guess you could wait till 2024 to run. But the reality is, is that we are up against a lot right now. And we don't have time to wait four years to, to run these campaigns. We absolutely don't. And so if you are in this for the movement, if you're in this because you want your community to be a better place, um, if you want a safer community for your kids, if you want to make sure that your grandparents um, or your parents, if you have elderly parents, have access to medications that they need um, and to having a just system, then you need to run right now. And let me tell you that a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, most, most Americans, most people think that elections just happen every day two to four years, right? Uh, the big elections every four years, and then we got, you know, the small stuff every two years. But the reality is we have elections every year. We have elections constantly. Um, and so if you are interested in running, there are school board seats that are going to be open in certain states next year. There are city council seats that will be open. There are tons of mayoral races that are happening. So don't think that just because we are coming to the end of this election year that all of a sudden everything's over until 2024, because that is not the reality of it. The reality is, is that these things keep going. And a lot of these seats that might seem insignificant on the outside are really, really significant because a lot of these folks are making decisions that are impacting average working people's everyday lives. And so if you wanna be in the, I don't wanna say the business, but if you wanna be in the uh, political arena where you can make changes, direct changes to your community, then you want to get involved today. You want to start start today. And see, I also want to remind everybody too, like, um, you know, if you have this like five or 10 year plan that includes, 
you running, um, it could like, there is a lot of pathways to that and um, starting a nonprofit, building up your base that way, um, starting on initiative petitions to change the law in one way or another to get well known for doing that. Those are all options too. And we help fundraise for those things. We built, we help do consultancy for those things. So um, just keep in mind too, if you're running an initiative petition or starting a nonprofit, building your, your following and your name that way, um, we're also totally still here to help. And you can absolutely reach out to us for those things as well. Totally, for sure. And, you know, I also just want to mention, I want to mention two things before we jump off um, because I we have a call at one o'clock. Um, but uh, so two really exciting things. One is that we have a Halloween raffle, which is really exciting. So um, on October 31st, we're going to be talking about on our live, the spooky side of politics. Um, and that's going to be really fun. Uh, we have been in this business a long enough time that we have plenty of spooky stories for you. Um, and so uh, we are going to be having a raffle. The, the prize for the raffle is a $100 Visa gift card. We don't have a massive following, guys. So if you enter, the chances are that you could very well get picked for that. Um, and so the way to enter into the raffle is that all you have to do, I believe, I have to double check this, but I think all you have to do is that you have to share it or tag a friend in it, and that gets you one ticket. And then I think for two tickets, let me just double check. I think for, for two tickets, I think you have to sign up for our, for our email list, which is really, really easy. So super easy ways to get involved. Like you don't have to do anything crazy and you could get your name in the raffle for winning a hundred bucks. So why not? Um, and we will announce the winner of our raffle on uh, during that podcast on October 31st on Halloween, um, which is a Saturday, which is so exciting. Um, I, Halloween, by the way, guys, my favorite holiday ever. I, I like it. I love Halloween. So I think everybody says that they're like, Halloween. it's just so fun. Like, I mean, it's like cold. It's scary. Like, I love black. I love, I just like love everything about it. I love decorating. I love like watching all the horror movies. Um, and so we just, we want to celebrate that time with you guys. So that's what we're doing for that. Um, the other announcement that I have is that um, we, our first cohort of folks uh, that are doing our kickstart fundraising program for the 2021 and 22 elections um, are starting on November 4th. So that is coming up. Originally, we were cutting off entrance today for that. Um, we have two spots left available for this. So we, we've got a bunch of folks that have already signed up. Um, we're really, really excited to have them start. We have two spots left. And so we're extending the deadline until October 25th to sign up. So if you are interested at all in running in 2021 or 2022, please, now is the time to reach out. Again, we only have two spots available and we're already talking to plenty of folks that are really interested. So those spots could fill up really quick. We don't know if we're going to have another cohort of folks going in in December or January or possibly even later than that, just depending on our staff capacity. So now is the time to start. You don't want to say, well, I'm going to push that off because the likelihood is that um, we're going to be full. And so we don't want you to miss out on getting to work with us directly. Um, again, our pricing is really, really good pricing. We only work with working class candidates. That's something that's very important to us. So uh, don't worry about pricing. If this is something that you are truly interested in, we will find a way to make sure that we get you in the program. But again, nothing happens until you reach out. So please reach out if you would like 
to take one of those two spots. Um, cool. Anything else, Chris, that I'm missing? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's our live for the day. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, this was a lot of fun. Um, we will be back uh, next week, probably either Monday, Wednesday is usually when we go live. Um, like today, we went Thursday, but you know, usually it's Monday, Wednesdays. So I'm super excited to see you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.